Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Terrors. I'm Teresa. And I'm Rachel. And you're listening to Terra Astralis. And we're back with a little bit of a different episode. So excited. But it is very interesting. Also, if you hear little bangs, that's it's a little bit windy outside and it's There's from the roof. on my roof that I think is broken. And we've tried looking for it and we couldn't find it. I don't think it's actually from the roof. I think it's actually from the side of the building. Because if you hear it, it sounds like it's right over here. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I picked up when I was just laying there this morning. But yeah, if you hear any banging, it's that. So just ignore it. I wonder if it's the switch box. That's a metal box. We'll look afterwards. Oh, I'm going to go check that later. You should. Imagine my stepdad looked for hours trying to find what it was, and it's literally that. (laughs) And I can just, like, blue tack it. (laughs) (laughs) Duct tape. (laughs) Oh. I actually don't own duct tape. We should fix that. Yeah, how crazy is that? I mean, like, electrical tape. That's not going to do much. I know. I'm stupid. I don't know why. Yeah, anyway. Anyway. It's essential. So, mentioned it slightly in last week's episode, but in Australia, you have something called a research project. Um, where yeah, in year... Yeah. We... Oh, I fucking loved it. Where in year 11 and 12, you get to choose a topic and for about six months to a year, depending on which school you went to, you get to research this topic as if, like, to the level of research you'd have to do in university to help prepare you for university. And the question that I chose was, what are the psychological reasonings behind a psychopathic serial killer's actions and how to prevent them? I so wish that I did something similar to that because I regret what I did. Like, mine was so boring. Yeah. Honestly, every time anyone asks me what advice I can give them on research project and, like, when they go, oh, my God, everyone tells me that research project is the worst. I'm not looking forward to it. I give them the same advice every time. So any other, like, high school listeners we have, take my advice. Choose something that you're, A, interested in and, B, know nothing about. Absolutely. Fucking lootly. Because, okay, so we've got, like, both sides of it. She really enjoyed Research Project. I hated it because I picked something... I wanted to do something sort of, like, true crimey and psychological, but there, I couldn't think of an exact question to do. So I went with psychological because I was very interested in psychology. So I did the psychology behind um, an addiction to smoking and how that influences quitting on like a psychological basis right which was interesting to the psychology of it but it got so boring over time because 
once you find out the part that you're interested in, there's nothing else. With my question, there were multiple different categories. There was... We'll go into it, but there was, like, brain neurology. There was trauma. There was theories, mm. like, psychology theories. Um, and we'll get all into that in this episode. So yours is so, so interesting. Mine I got really so good. bored very quickly. So if you're doing something that you're not interested in, you're going to hate research project. Yeah. And it is going to be a chore. Yes. I'll say right now, this podcast might sound um, a little bit more formal than some of our other episodes. Um, but that's just because, you know, research project was ha- like had to be written very formally. And I basically copied and pasted most of my notes from the script that I made so for that. So these two episodes, this episode and last week's episode, will be like sort of a little bit different than what we've yeah. been doing. Actually, it'll be really good to because the what? one before that was a conspiracy yes. episode. So we've had a conspiracy episode and a asylum episode. It's like a haunty, spooky type thing. And now we're having like a research-based episode. Yeah. So we're going to do like a little bit different. But we would love to worry. hear you guys, um, your input and like yeah, absolutely. your opinions. So on like something different. Email us or um, message us on Instagram. Know, and we will be doing this sort of thing as well. Like it's not just going to be true crime like we are just gonna do like a whole heap of spooky shit also um i will bring this up now i reckon we should start putting our social media handles in the description of our episodes yeah i think so i was actually thinking that i think it'd be a lot easier than just yeah. us saying it or just a link tree can you press links in description i think you can i'm fairly certain you continue yeah. i'm gonna check um but let's dive into this. So, what is psychopathy? And this threw me off. I always thought psychopathy was pronounced psych, um, psychopathy, but it's oh, not. Really? It's psychopathy. So, yeah. anyone who thinks that I'm pronouncing that wrong, I'm actually not. But psychopaths make up less than 1% of the population, with even less of that population actually considered violent. It has been estimated that 93% of psychopaths are in the criminal justice system. Psychopathy is a personality disorder that is accompanied with behavioural traits such as lack of guilt, empathy and deep emotional attachments, narcissism and having a superficial charm, dishonesty, manipulativeness, reckless risk-taking and more. And I'll start with this right now. If you know someone or think you have some of these traits, that does not mean that you are a psychopath. Do not self-diagnose because you are not a certified psychologist and even certified psychologists cannot Mm self-diagnose. So don't just take these traits and be like, oh my God, I'm a serial killer. Shut the fuck up. Sit the fuck (laughs) down. You are not. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. However, these traits don't only point towards psychopathy. They um, They also apply to sociopathy and antisocial personality disorder. Uh, and these are considered like less intense versions of psychopathy. Mm-hmm. Although these traits are similar, there is one defining factor that differentiates um, sociopathy to psychopathy, and that is the ability to create deep connections with other people. In some cases, um, a more well-known case being Ted Bundy, a, psych- a psychopath is able to make it appear as if they have a deep connection with someone through a ceremonial binding like marriage. Or they could just be really, really good at lying and acting. 
So we all know that Ted Bundy Mm -hmm. was married to a woman who had a child and she did not believe that Ted Bundy was a serial killer because he was so good at lying through his teeth. And those people are. People who are that manipulative, they just know how to work people. Yeah. Now we'll go into the genetics and brain or the neurology side of this. So there was one doctor who did a TED talk on YouTube. Um, And I'll make sure to link this in the description of the episode because it's actually really interesting. A neuroscientist, Dr. Jim Fallon, gained interest in serial killers after he discovered that he had a long history on his father's father's side of serial killers. Mm -hmm. After discovering this, he believed that there was a neurological connection um, between psychopaths. He was correct. He studied the brain scans of about 70 different psychopaths and found that there were a similarity between them and that was that there was a deformity or abnormality in the frontal lobe of the brain which Mm -hmm. is responsible for one's planning organization and impulse control i will come back to this point in a moment i'm just gonna say we all know that when you're talking about a serial killer there's like the three factors where it's like did they have a head injury as a child like did they did they damage their frontal lobe like that is a massive thing or like did they harm animals did they have like a traumatic childhood yeah this all All supports it i'm pretty sure we go through all over those three main factors Mm. so what he also discovered was that there was a gene found in the x chromosome passed down from the psychopath's mother this part of the episode interested me the most when i was doing my research for this um back in year 12 This gene holds the monoamine oxide A gene, or more well known as the MAOA gene. This gene is also referred to as the warrior gene. This is due to an enzyme that affects the productivity of brain-stimulating chemicals such as dopamine, norepinephrine. I know that's wrong. In like, I remember when I was doing the recording for RP and like when I was presenting it I actually took out that word because I couldn't figure oh, really? out <laughs> yeah I couldn't figure out how to say I it that. I fucking gave up and serotonin mm-hmm. we all know dopamine and serotonin so that's all that matters uh, serotonin is supposed to make someone calm and relaxed but in someone's brain when they have this gene the brain actually gets flooded with the chemical which in turn dulls the effect of the chemical and dulls the effect of the, sens- the brain's sensitivity to said chemical over a prolonged period of time. So kind of like with normal drugs. So like if you were to take a certain like, yeah. um yeah. Like, you build up immunity. Yes. It? It's the same so they, thing with your natural chemicals. So they build up an immunity to serotonin. Yes. If your brain gets flooded with it constantly, yes, you can build up a immunity to it. But that doesn't... So that... It, that I'm so confused. But, like, that would technically mean they'd always be calm. But then... At first? At when first. At first, yes. By the time they're, like, two years old, two years straight of constant serotonin being released. Think about it. Mm. By the time you're two years old, five years old, that's not going to have an effect on you. And your brain doesn't know to release a higher dosage of it. So I guess that that's why they're sort of, like in the sense of a word, like, numb yes. to emotions, and they don't experience emotions as uh-huh. much as other people. 
Um, although this gene does have an aggressive reputation, it doesn't actually make an individual violent until the child is put under immense trauma or is exposed to constant violence in their day-to-day life, i.e. domestic abuse uh, or domestically abusive households or child abuse. Mm-hmm. So, that being said, there is a lot of serial killers who don't have a traumatic childhood. Nope. But I guess that that's... I mean, not everybody has for this every case. Gene. Like, it, there is obviously cases that are different. Yeah. We're just saying, like, with people with this gene, that is generally what it sparks it. Not every serial killer is yeah. a psychopath. So... That's, oh, yes. No, that... Yeah, this that is makes... defining a psychopath. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It is pretty well... Bleh. It is a pretty well-known fact that there is a higher chance of a man becoming a serial killer than it is for a woman. Most people who are into true crime and murder know of this and... Like, it's been talked about here and there. And this is actually true in most cases, and there's actually science to back this up. This does not mean that women aren't capable of killing people or becoming serial killers, though. So... Oh, there's a lot of There are female. a lot. I mean, seriously, our second episode was Beverly Allen. There's a lot of female serial killers and criminals. And yeah. Like, I mean, they have women's prisons for a reason. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> And there's also yeah. a lot of killer couples. Yeah. And things like that. I'm also going to address this now. I'm going to be using the terms, like, biological female and biological male. That doesn't mean that I completely disregard other genders, such as non-binary and other things like that. No, you're just talking um, about in the science. I'm of... just going through the science of it. just and so it's, and everything. Yeah. Um, just so it's easier for you guys to understand. So, okay. just putting that out here now. The reason that it is more likely for a man to become a serial killer is because the MAOA gene is passed down through the mothers. Biological males are made up of an X and Y chromosome, mm-hmm. while females consist of two chromosomes, two X chromosomes, sorry. Mm-hmm. The absence of the second X chromosome for men means the MAOA gene is able to be more prominent, while with females it's more diluted with that second X chromosome. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I was like, why would that make sense if it's like, because they'd have two X chromosomes, wouldn't that make it more like... Nope. But no, that does make sense. Like, it's it's diluted. diluted. Yeah. Wow. Back to the topic of abnormalities in the frontal lobe. If an individual is born with the MAOA gene, that gene becomes active due to a violent upbringing or trauma, then that individual will grow up being believing that violence is the normative. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. You are... You are taught... It's like how to a certain degree a lot of bullies aren't just bullies because I think it's fun. It's more likely because they're being bullied at home by their siblings it's or also something the like that. Of nature versus nurture, like what is actually in your nature, and then what you are taught. Yes, and what you are raised with, what you see growing up. Mm-hmm. The mixture of seeing violence as the norm and the lack of impulse control can result in a bad mixture of violence and not knowing when to stop or what the limit is. Dr. Fallon's findings aren't the only that link brain abnormalities to psychopathy. Dr. Barrett Brogard came across the same conclusions as some experiments showing a lack of connectivity between the amygdala and the ventromedial prefrontal cortex in criminal um, psychopaths. Yes. Um... One limitation to our studies, however, was that the brain scans were conduct- conducted on convicted criminal psychopaths. So it isn't um, very... What's the word? 
accurate along like population wise yeah um there's not a great sample no to go from because then you're going but at the same time the only then you're only looking at psychopaths that are convicted yeah. criminals. But at the same time, a psychopath in the real world isn't just going to walk up to you and be like, oh yeah, you can scan my brain. Well, yeah, because psychopaths, I mean, they are very smart. I'm yeah. sure that they would know that there is something to do with them, but they're not going to admit that they're psychopaths. No, because then all eyes are on them, mm-hmm. and then they can be suspects. Um. Okay. That is a very hard... I mean, it is very hard to get a good... I mean, I have data on that. Mm. Because most people that you do have access to are criminals. Yes. Uh, but due to lack of information, it is uncertain if the reduced activity is directly related to psych- uh, psychopathy or if it's a result of a range of mental conditions connected with serious crimes such as paranoid, schizophrenia, or extreme sexual fetishes. Mm. So there is that, but there's still similarities between her research and Dr. Jim Fallon's. So, Every next... Every time we say that, I just think of Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Every time. Uh, next is childhood trauma. Um, a study in epigenetics has stated that exper- experiences don't change our genes, but does have an effect on how those genes are exposed. Expressed, sorry. Um, as mentioned by Dr. Jim Fallon, in order for the MAOA gene to be active in one's life or later on, they need to be exposed to trauma from an early age. Being extra- exposed to trauma could include witnessing or observing violent acts as a child or being a victim of child abuse. These two events have shown to be the most impactful on a child and their level of violence. Children who are exposed to neglect, abuse, or bullies, or racism often feel a deep sense of shame that follows them into childhood. Into adulthood, sorry. Jesus Christ, I need to stop looking away from my notes. <laughs> um, I mean, there's a lot that you... My brain is, like, filling with all this information. I know, it's a lot. Uh, next, I've got a quote here from Lisa Firestone. Um... I was meant to go in and research who she is exactly, because I can't exactly remember... But I think she's, like, some sort of scientist or, like, psychologist. Also, I'm sorry if you hear my neighbours. They have motorbikes. Right. <laughs> so yeah. if you hear them... You can hear... up and you, down the street. You can hear everything with these mics, so... They're really good. And also my cat good. is on my lap pairing, so... But that's fine. He's switched people. He was in my lap last episode. I actually grabbed yours. him off the bed to cuddle him because I was, like, really fidgety. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I got a quote here from Lisa Firestone. We are all born with the neural architecture and ability to develop empathy and compassion. But for this to happen, we need to have a series of positive experiences. Mm-hmm. As mentioned before, Dr. Fallon found that he had the genetics and brain structure of a psychopath passed down from his father's side. And yet he wasn't labelled as a dangerous psychopath. The li- this links to the studies done on childhood trauma and his personal upbringing. The way in which love is expressed to a child with antisocial behavioural traits can differ whether they become violent adults or not. So again, linking back to the yeah, comment you made with the nature or nurture. Yeah, so well, that, that part of your brain is activated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next, we are going into theories. So... Yes. 
you'll be interested in this because this goes over a lot of um, psychology, like what we did in year 11 and 12. Again, shout out to you, Kotzi. This one is for you. Yes. There are multiple theories about psychopathy. Psychologist Dr. Hans Einzig, I think I'm pronouncing that right, had a theory about why men are more likely slash known for becoming psychopaths than women are. And it was a a suspicion for a while that men born with the XXY chromosomes instead of the more frequently occurring XY chromosomes are more prone to being aggressive. After a study later, it was found that it was rare in the male population, but less so in men involved with non-violent crimes. Although the American serial killer Arthur Shawcross, who murdered 14 people, by the way, had the XXY trait. This occurrence shut down this theory and any of its claims. XXY? Yes. Well, there just has to be something wrong with them. Really. <laughs> Aside from the fact that he murdered how many people? 14. Damn. Yeah. Um, we should probably do an episode on him. That would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. It was also believed by Dr. Einzig that there were three main traits of personality that relate to one another. Extroversion, extroversion neuroticism, and psychic Coticism. Now, with this part of, like, for this theory, I don't know exactly why I put it into my research project, because afterwards I don't follow it up with anything, like, why it relates to psychopathy, but, you know, it's in there, so I'm well, leaving I mean, it in. Clearly, you researched it for a reason. Like, it yeah, has exactly. to be, I mean, research project is very methodical. At the same time, I'm pretty sure there's, like, a word limit that we had to reach. Yeah. So it was probably just filling up the spaces. Oh. So. It's now um, Extroversion shows traits of being um, active, assertive, creative, carefree, dominant, lively, sensation-seeking, and venturesome. Neuroticism shows traits of being anxious, depressed, emotional, feelings of guilt, irrational, low self-esteem, moody, shy, and tense. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel's sitting there pointing at herself. I, I did the exact same thing out. when I was doing this research. What was that? Neuro- neuroticism? Yeah. and then lastly there's psychoticism um and this shows traits of being aggressive antisocial cold creative ecocentric impersonal impulsive tough-minded and lack of empathy i love how you just like chucked in creative there like creative is just like (laughs) creative hiding bodies yeah (laughs) creative and psychotic Uh, another one of Dr. Isaac's theories was that one's environmental influence could be the result of someone's becoming an, a criminal. Yeah, that's what we're talking about with nature and nurture. Yes. It's like their environment growing up. That's, if yeah. someone is exposed to low levels of social interaction at a young age, it could lead to immature tendencies in some individuals in later years. Yeah. A biological theory that is linked to brain abnormalities found in psychopaths that, sorry, is that abnormalities are formed as early as the prenatal stage. There's a reason that we have as a system, like a social system, a set up for children and their development. Like you've got kinder, like pre-K, like you've got kindergarten, mm. primary school, all of these things are to support the development. De- de- but development developmental growth at that stage like yeah. for that specific age yeah and obviously there's other systems for if you have like a um learning disability or something along those lines but like there is a pretty set 
um, system in place so that we can support de- like development in yeah. children. And so they have that social aspect and everything that they need yeah. to grow properly. And yes. if kids don't have that, because you see in a lot of like abuse cases where kids are isolated from people and like they're sort of stuck in this um, toxic home life and it really does affect them mm. in later life, really. Yeah. Because they didn't get to develop properly. Yep. Now I've lost where I was at. Sorry. Um, uh, abnormalities are formed as early, early as prenatal stage, which explains that serial killers are, ex- are responding to chemicals or brain signals rather than impulse or fantasies. There is a theory by Sigmund Freud. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, that the development of one's unconscious personality would determine their behaviour for the rest of their lives. This is called the psychodynamic theory. Again, shout out the Codsy. All I can think of while doing this, um, like writing the script, was Year Twelve psychology. Oh, I love that. I miss. Yeah, I miss Year Twelve psychology so much. Oh, so good. Loved it. <laughs> Miss you, Codsy. <laughs> I would literally rewrite... This is, just shows me as a person. I would literally rewrite my notes for psychology so often just mm. because I wanted to rewrite the things and because, like, it helped me learn them better. She like, made psychology so much fun. It was so fun. Yeah. My notes were... Oh, primo. Chef, chef's kiss. Just because I kept The amount of writing them. she made us do, though, oh, my God. She is what set off my carpal tunnel. <laughs> I actually loved it. It was my favourite thing. Writing notes was my favourite part of that class. I mean, I'm an artist now, and my carpal tunnel affects me pretty yeah. regularly. But still loved it. Wouldn't change a bit. Ugh, um, Freud believes that three aspects of one personality are formed through early childhood. The ID, ego, and superego. The ID is in control of one's conscious drives for food and sex. The ego determines how someone will behave in front of society, and one's superego represents someone's values and morals. Mary Ann Freeman, this is a quote, According to the psychodynamic theory, crime occurs when a person displays a weak ego. In short, serial killers seem to be manifesting their feelings of oppression from childhood in the form of brutal murders. But yeah, they react with violence. I don't really know how else to process it because yeah. they don't have the, they don't have the. If you're not taught to express yourself, yeah, healthily, the then how are you meant to development know? to understand how to process emotions? Yeah, they don't have that part of the brain that helps them naturally with that. It's like being and thrown into a test without being taught any. Yes, of if the they weren't subjects. taught how to process that in a healthy way, they're not going to know how. No, and then they're reacting on impulses. To process it, and it's just oh. We're, by the way, we are not condoning crime. No, in any way. We know that the person at fault for a crime is entirely the murderer. We're just like explaining the psychology behind yes. why they do what they do. Next is concluding what makes like a psychopath, and is that genetic or environmental? Different professionals have different perspectives as to what is the main cause of psychopathy, but the majority of them believe that psychopathy is indeed caused by a combination of genetic inheritance and childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. What is also interesting is that the convicted murderers have similar resulting brain scans as psychopaths. Professor Monty Bushbaum, I have no idea if I'm saying that right, but there we go. <laughs> 
This professor says, in the normal person, the frontal lobe is one of the most highly active areas in the brain. In this individual who carried out the murder, we can see that the frontal lobe is quite inactive. Mm -hmm. What has been found is that the abnormality alone can't drive an individual to kill someone. It is a collaborative work of trauma and abnormality that is more likely to drive an individual to commit murder. Through a twin... Through a twin study at the University of Southern California, assistant professor Dr. Catherine Tovbold studied twins and their genes to determine whether behavioural traits are a result of pure genetics or if it's influenced by one's environment. A questionnaire allowed these children to be separated into different categories, ages 9 to 10, 11 to 13, 14 to 15 and 16 to 18. The ages of 9 to 10 scored 94% genetic and 6% environmental. 11 to 13 and 14 to 15 scored 71% genetic and 29% environmental. And 16 to 18 scored 66% genetic and 34% environmental. This data suggests that there is a key point in age that determines the development of psychopathy. The data has also indicated that the psychopathic personality traits are set in someone's identity when they reach puberty. Mm. Well, that's when your brain develops the most. Like, that's where you're defining yourself as a person as well. Yeah. Next is how to prevent. So... Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, You can't really prevent the genetic side of it, but you can prevent someone's childhood trauma. Again, so this goes out for a lot of parents. Again, Um, nature versus nature versus nurture, because nature is like the nature of someone. Like you can't change that, but the way that you nurture someone can be the most defining factor. Yes, and again, people with this genetic trait are generally set off by that trauma as a child so if you can prevent that in any way you might be able to prevent this from developing into psychopathy exactly early signs of voyeurism um i'm pretty sure that's like showing your parts to public like stripping naked in public oh okay yeah i'm pretty sure that's what voyeurism is could be an indication towards becoming a psychopath or in um or Mm. forming psychopathic tendencies basically all those things that when you look at a serial killer, you go, mm, did they have all those weird behavioral things as a child? Because most of these things, most of these people have like weird behaviors. And you're as sitting, a you're like, child. a normal child wouldn't fucking do that. No, and these are the things that you need to pay attention to. And if you do notice them, like, you look into it a little bit. Yeah. Because it's not, it might not be an issue when they're three, but when they're 30, could be much more of a problem yes serial killers tend to seek complete control slash dominance over their victims another early indication of psychopathy traits is a tendency to kill animals such as cats dogs etc there it is there it is <sighs> there's all three yeah the did you bump your head yeah the head do injury. you have childhood trauma and did you kill animals as yes a kid? any yeah, of those weird behaviors like weird behaviors as in like treating other people in a traumatic way or treating animals in a traumatic way. Yeah. The reason that it goes from, like, animals to humans is because it's, like, having that control over another being. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to do with animals as a younger person. And a lot of people do move on to 
uh, people, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't think I actually go into this in my research, but I'll quickly go into it now. But with the whole entire, like, brain being um, flooded with chemicals, Mm. uh, they can become adrenaline junkies because, like, those calming, like, dopamine, dopamine makes you happy. You can't, like, if your brain is flooded by it and is numb to it, you try to seek it out in doing higher risk things I and so like someone gives you a lot of adrenaline exactly so doing something like that will give them the adrenaline wrench and that they want and the happiness that follows and it you see a lot of these situations with psychopaths a lot of these situations there's there's two things i was going to mention one is that a lot of times they move on from animals to either children or women yes because it's like going up the scale of like they are typically an easier target mm-hmm. as unfortunate as it is um and the other thing what we were saying about the adrenaline oh yes you'll see a lot of these people go from petty things like breaking and entering yeah to more serious crimes because like raping like, murdering because that breaking in rush, and just robbing someone becomes the norm and it's like oh, yeah. okay well that's boring and then now. you're not getting that let's seek rush something anymore. better and yes. you just keep looking for more and that is where the escalation comes in yep exactly mm. oh, i love this so much Okay, another behavioural relation to this psychopathic trait is the torturing of certain animals to achieve the same feeling of dominance over someone or something's life. Curing an adult of psychopathy is near impossible. Therefore, it is easier to treat at someone's younger ages when the mind is still learning and developing. Prevention. Yes. The key to preventing dangerous psychopathic traits is to nurture the child from a young age. There it is again. A child's environment is crucial in determining their future actions and behavioural traits. The first 12 months of an infant's life are crucial to deciphering a child's emotions such as remorse and affection. Yes. If the child isn't given a sufficient amount of attention, physical touch and love, the child could suffer from a psychopathic personality trait at the age of two. That's so scary. Yep. A child is likely to repeat or mimic the actions of those older than them that they look up to, like a parent. So if a little boy were to look up to, say, his father and his father hits his mum, that child will grow up thinking, okay, it's okay to abuse women. Have you seen the, um, there's a study, a psychological study where they, it's a, it's a video and, um, it shows firsthand that sort of. I think so. That was yeah. done in um, psychology yes. where, the, where the child so the child to... So there's like two different controlled yeah. environments where a child looks at adults being aggressive and then another child yeah. watches that adults child being witness passive. the aggression immediately yes. responded aggressively. With the toys around them in the room. Yes. yes immediately. Like yeah. as soon as it happened, which is it's just, that's so telling. Yeah. So telling. And we have all these studies and everything, and people still don't get it. Yep. We have so much evidence backing it up, and people still say that psychology isn't a real science. My God. You have to be so... I mean, being a parent in general just scares the shit out of me. Obviously, I'm not yet, but, like, it scares the shit out of me because everything you do is so influential on this literal human being. Yeah. Like, they are going to grow up to be their own person from the moment they're born... They're their own person. Like, a lot of people don't realise how much 
you can affect a child. Something that my mum says quite frequently to people around her. So my mum's a childcare worker. So she ha- she gets in contact with a lot of these kids' parents. And one of her key like points of advice is you are not raising a child. You are raising an adult. Mm-hmm. So no, you don't have to expose your child to things like sex and explicit topics at a young age. But don't treat them like a child throughout their entire lives. Because you're not raising someone to be a child. You're raising someone to be an adult. Mm. And I reckon that's a really good piece of advice. Yeah. it's. Um, I mean, it's really scary because a lot of these things do develop at a very early age. And people mm. don't realise how influential it you are on a child even from that young age. And it everything you do affects them later on as well. Yeah. And along with all the information that we have on raising children and what can impact them most, I'm not surprised that a lot of people in our generation have turned around and be like, you know what, I don't want to raise a child because I don't want to fuck up their lives. I do understand that. It's very scary. It's very it's scary. It's very intimidating having to raise... I don't even know how to raise myself other than raise an entire other human being. Yeah. Like, well. Yeah. Um... Another environmental attribute that could affect a child is by having a dominating mother. A mother who is controlling, overprotective, physically abusive, and or emotionally abusive could contribute to the mother and child having a difficult or, sorry, insensitive relationship. 66% of serial killers claim that their mother was the dominating figure. Sorry, I had a burp slash hiccup. If you look at my life... And I turned out to be a serial killer. You wouldn't even be shocked. No, I wouldn't. Honestly. (laughs) I'm a great friend. Um, No, I didn't turn out to be a serial killer. I just turned out to talk about them. (laughs) It's better, right? This is the better half of it. Hey, if we can make money out of it. Oh, yeah. And not go to prison. I'll take it. I'll fucking take it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A study taken by convicted serial killers shows statistics of how life at home... uh, What? There. How life at home was for them. 42% were victims of physical abuse as children. 74% were victims of physiological abuse. 35% um, witnessed sexual abuse. 43% were sexually abused. And 29% were accident-prone children. Dr. Samuel Siegel? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Suggest the use of the four S's to help prevent ch- children developing secure attachment style. Uh, they must feel safe in their environment. They must feel seen for who they really are. They must feel soothed or calmed in um, distressed moments. And they must feel secure. Mm-hmm. And that wraps up my research. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. That's all so interesting. I know. Do you see why I enjoyed research projects so much now? I actually have all the side, like all of the things from my childhood. <laughs> actually, no, no, I never harmed animals. <laughs> Except me. you got the two X chromosomes, and it, it depends yeah. if you actually have the gene. Yeah, well, I so, like I had trauma, like head trauma, and I just had like emotional trauma. So like, yeah, um, but I didn't have like weird behavior as a kid. Like I never had yeah. psychopathic. Again, if you had the MAOA gene, you have two X chromosomes, so it would be more diluted. So it would make more sense for it to be more apparent in your little brother. Yeah. Because he was um, exposed to a lot of the same things you were. What? 
I'm not. He killed a rat. No, no, no. no. But I was actually going to say, he just kind of dragged me one time, but that was because. Oh! What sibling doesn't, though? Yeah, no, I kept splashing him, and he was like, stop splashing me. So I splashed him again, and he tried drowning me in the pool. You know what? That's understandable. (laughs) My mum. Not me justifying your brother trying to kill you. (laughs) We had that pool for approximately a week before my mum turned it into a pond. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. Um, no, there was actually, I'm not going to say who on the podcast, obviously. I don't know how much of my family listens to this, but, um, there is a certain member in my family that showed all of these signs of a psychopathic, um, psychopath as a child. There was head trauma. There was childhood trauma. Um, they, I'm not going to say whether, yeah, anyway, I'm not going to say who it is, but they, harmed animals and they also harmed another child in our family as in tried to kill them oh right so they tried to kill animals like the family pets and also tried to kill their sibling fuck I'm not going to say who it is in our family but yeah like they've grown up to actually be successful and they haven't killed anyone that I know of um but yeah no there's actually a person in my family who literally showed all the like the traits of a psychopath as a child and they had to go through serious um, um, behavioural therapy as a child. They've now grown up, no Well, crime, because it was addressed as a like child, that, yeah, that um, probably benefited him a lot. They actually, their parents... Or them, I don't their know. Their parents actually yeah. couldn't handle them at the time because they were a danger to their siblings. So um, they had to go live with someone else while it, while it was addressed and... Right. Got help and behavioural therapy and all that. But now they've grown up, they're fine. Got a good relationship. We're all good. <laughs> Family's all good. But yeah, no, at that time it was like really dangerous actually. Damn. But it did get addressed. Yeah, it was addressed. And now they're super successful and that's great. It's all, it's and all how was their parents. upbringing? Like, with their parents? Terrible. Oh. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so they had the like, the um, the, the traumatic upbringing. Right. Um... There was head trauma. There was the showing the signs of like behavioral, like scary behavioral traits in hurting animals and hurting other people. Yeah. And um, the traumatic home life and like not being nurtured. Yeah. Yeah. So there was nature and nurture playing a role in it. But um, they, it was too dangerous to have them living in the same situation that they were in. So they actually did go into different care while it was sorted, and that is when they got help. Right. Yeah. Fascinating. I mean, I'll tell you the story afterwards, but yeah. Okay. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, that wraps up this episode. How long are we here? Um, sorry, 43 minutes. Oh, okay. That's not bad. Do some. All right. Um, well, thank you guys for listening. I hope you type, uh, you type, I hope you like this type of, um, episode. Um, it was a little bit different, but I really liked doing it. I won't be doing it again because the amount of research that went into this with research project was again, like six months worth of research. Yeah. For only like this amount. Um, can you believe that I had to fit all of that into a 12 minute audio video? I don't know how the fuck I did it, but I did. That was 40, like, that's like 45 minutes of stuff here. Wow. I really jam-packed it back then. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But thank you guys for listening. Um, 
Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Terra Astralis Podcast and on Twitter at Astralis Terror. Yep. If you have any terror tales or any cases that you want us to cover, whether it's a conspiracy theory with a, like an actual murder case or if it's a haunting. Yeah, if um, you if, have any like stories or yes, anything, if you have any cases, no, terror really tales. anything you want us to cover. Email us at terrorastralispodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, and yeah. In the, that's not coming in productions. Yes. If you liked this kind of episode, please tell us on the Instagram with the post for this episode. Yeah. Um, we would love to hear your input. Or email us with feedback. Yeah. Or message us on the Instagram. Twitter, we would love okay, to. Yeah. We want to do better with this podcast for you guys yeah, as much as we enjoy feedback. it we want you guys to enjoy listening to us yeah absolutely so, so yeah definitely check it out but yeah thank you for listening bye. and we'll catch you on the flip side bye terrors bye Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.